0: Welcome back to Entertainment Talk. Today I'm here to do a bunch of different reviews. I'm basically going to be talking about um, a lot of the contents of TV and films. Uh, there's no video games in here, uh, just the TV and films that I watched or almost watched, because um, some of these I haven't fully finished yet. But uh, I'm going to basically review and talk about all oh, spoiler-free. I don't really, I don't really need to get into spoilers for any of these particularly. Uh, so I'm just going to do a bunch of mini reviews for the. These are the things that I watched over the Christmas break. Uh, obviously, I wasn't podcasting because I was on a Christmas break. So I thought I'd just lump them together in one big episode and basically just go through these things, tell you what I thought was good, what was bad, and why. Um, and uh, of course, I'm your host, Matthew. So welcome to this episode. Um, yeah, I guess we should just dive straight in. I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 things to talk about. Some of these I haven't quite finished yet. Some of them are like seasons of TV. Uh, Some of these are films which I didn't quite finish. uh, But let's just go through them. Uh, I'm going to start off with quite a surprising one. Surprising in terms of possibly my opinion of this. Um, I have actually just finished watching this film about uh, 10 minutes ago or so. Uh, It's Ghostbusters Afterlife. Um, I was going to put a tweet out about how I felt about the film. But then I thought, you know what, I'll just jump on the episode. I'll put Ghostbusters in here and just talk about this. Uh, I thought this film was awful. Um, I did not enjoy it at all. And my biggest, well, there's a lot of things I don't like about this film. My two biggest issues is, okay, so you've got Paul Rudd and um, Kerry Coon. In this film right Paul Rudd everybody knows who who Paul Rudd is. Uh, Carrie Coon might be a little bit more unknown. She was in a show called The Leftovers. And she's been in a bunch of really great stuff. Um, she was also in this as well. Uh, but everybody knows, knows who uh, Paul Rudd is at this point. This is the biggest waste of their talents I've ever seen. Um, especially with Carrie Coon. I would almost challenge somebody to... Waste an actor's time like this. Now, Paul Rudd is given more to do in this film than what Kerry Coon is. But and I, I, what I mean by that is, so th- this film is two hours, like five minutes long. It's got two post-credit scenes, if you want to call them that. One sort of mid-credit scene, one post-credit scene, uh, which clearly is supposed to set up the next films. Um. But apart from about two scenes with Paul Rudd... Of which comprise of about five minutes... Um, he did. He had a couple of very, very small things to do in this film. But... Why did you cast somebody as big as Carrie Coon in this film? It was a complete and utter waste of her talent. You gave this character nothing to do did this actress... As the... she's plays like the mum in this film. And uh, Paul Rudd plays like one of the high school teachers. You gave Carrie Coon nothing to do in a Ghostbusters film. Nothing. I mean... Yeah. I mean, things happen to her character... But none of them are really sort of like oh okay this is what you like brought Carrie Coon in for and this is what like you used her talents for. She's a very very talented actress and Paul Rudd is a very very talented actor as well. And like I said Paul Paul Rudd's got like a couple of things in here to do but and I get it this film's more about the kids and like trying to pass on the torch. I don't feel like the passing the torch really worked at all in this film. I mean there's a couple of moments where like okay I see what you were sort of going with but you didn't really there's no build up to most things that happen in this film. And aside from that this film's got other problems like how do these kids learn how to use the proton pack? How do these I mean they paint some of these kids as being like really really smart like the main daughter character as like she's this really really smart young kid and that's great, but that doesn't mean she should know or any of these characters should know how to use a proton pack. Um, and it th- things kind of just happen because I I just felt I, I was really surprised by by this film by sort of the the events that happen in this film and the monumental lack of build up to anything. It just... I i was very surprised. I was very, very surprised. Now, I'm not, like, a massive, massive Ghostbusters fan. I love the idea. I think the idea is really, really cool. I like the first two films. I'm going to be honest. A lot of you aren't going to like what I'm about to say. But I'm here to tell you my honest opinion. I think the 2016 film is much better than the other three. Because you've basically got four films, haven't you? Um, I like the original two films. I think they're very, very good. Um... And this film basically completely ignores the 2016 version, I mean, like, very clearly tries to scrub it from history, and that did kind of annoy me, but I suppose, you know, you went to 2016, rebooted Ghostbusters with, like, four um, adult female leads, and some people didn't like it, I guess, because female leads, people don't like female leads sometimes, I suppose I did hear some like other general complaints about the film most of which I didn't agree with Um, I would much have preferred a sequel to that film than I would have to see this or if you take this idea but make a better film that being said when they get around to making whatever they're going to call the next Ghostbusters film if it's a sequel to this I am going to watch it I do like what they sort of set up and I think there's an opportunity to fix a few things and to give Carrie Coon more to do and Paul Rudd more to do, um, but I was very surprised by this film. I was very in in the worst way. I was surprised by like, wow, well, okay, you're just doing this, and there's no like build up to this or anything really. Um, I was surprised. I, I I was hoping that I would at least enjoy this film, and it would give like a modern revival. Uh, to the Ghostbusters franchise. And I guess it has done. Like I, I did look at some like. Online comments very briefly afterwards. And a lot of people seem to like this film. Um, I it, it This is a case for me of wasted talent. With Paul Rudd and with Kerry Coon. And with having some quite good ideas. But not building up to them at all. And not executing them properly. Um like I I, I can't think of a single idea in this film that happened I was like oh yeah that made sense that story flowed really well and it was written really well and didn't just happen because it was supposed to happen um so I I didn't really like it at all no unfortunately um I don't know if I'll give any of these my like skip or don't skip ratings and stuff um if you're already a Ghostbusters fan you've probably already seen this film for those of you that are on the fence uh i would probably use like one of my possible skip things like if you watch the old ghostbusters films and you didn't really like them there's not going to be much here for you um but if you're in the same boat as me which is like you you liked those films you're not like a diehard fan but you liked those films and you like the idea of ghostbusters this is use this to set up the next one but don't expect too much out of this one that's that's what i would say so yeah. Anyway, uh, let's move on from that. I've got a lot of things to get through, so let's just keep kicking on. Um speaking of Paul Rudd, uh, The Shrink Next Door, which is an Apple T V Plus show that I watched. This is a limited series on Apple T V Plus. Stars Will Ferrell and Paul Rudd. Uh basically, uh Will Ferrell has in, it has inherited this company from his dad. It's this um curtain kind of place. And uh Paul Rudd's character Paul Rudd, uh Will Ferrell's character um, has like panic attacks and is struggling with his mental health you know like depression and anxiety you know all those kinds of things uh mainly there's like a, pa- a particular like panic attack scene that um introduces paul rudd's character who's the therapist so this is an eight episode was it eight episodes yes yeah, eight episode um mini series these episodes are around 30 to 40 minutes each and uh i liked it a lot i liked it a lot differently Although, once I got to about episode 4 or 5, I thought, okay, I can see where we're going with this. And I want you to just reveal the rest of the story. Because it tries to play out this mystery in the first few episodes. And by episode like 4 or 5, you're like, oh, okay, I can see where this is kind of going. So my only, my only small complaint is I would have chopped off maybe two episodes. So by the time you get to episode 4 and 5 and you're like, oh, okay, I can see where this is going. You'd have one or two more episodes as opposed to... Four, um, so you'd have. I, I'd prefer to this story to be told in six episodes, basically, instead of eight. But nonetheless, um, even though the pacing's a little bit off in the middle, um, I still thought it was a really great story. Um, I th- and I'm, I'm, I, I know a lot of people don't particularly like gravitate towards R- Will Ferrell. He bounces off a of Paul Rudd in this film really, really well as well. Um, and the actress, I can't remember her name for the life of me at the moment. Uh, she played Agatha in the uh, Wonder Vision series uh christoph chris uh christina Hendricks. yes that's her name christina Hendricks um she plays um wolf uh sister character in in this uh t v show so it's very good that's one that I definitely recommend I'd give it like a lighter sort of must see i i do think you should like definitely watch it uh it's another very good show from apple t v plus as well they keep with their they keep going with their their streak of um excellent tv shows and stuff um i've only actually seen one film on apple tv no i've seen two actually i saw finch um which was which was quite good uh yeah so that's one i'd recommend i give that one of my must-see ratings i really really enjoyed that and a much better use of uh, paul rudd's talents than whatever was envisioned for ghostbusters uh, and a pretty good use of uh, the other actors in here as well. As uh, moving on from that, let's talk about Dickinson season three, um, which is the Haley Steinfeld series. She had a very very um, good end to twenty twenty one. Her birthday was in December, and she had two projects in. Uh, November Hawkeye season one, which I very very much enjoyed. I'm probably gonna give Hawkeye season one a full review, but I really really did enjoy that a lot. The other show that she was in, of course, which is the third and final season, which was called Dickinson. This is basically her playing as the poet called Emily Dickinson, and it was really really good. Um, I struggled with certain parts of it, but certain parts of it are a bit sort of like because basically this is this is a period piece. That's like the time settings, like a Downton Abbey type of thing with a teen rebel twist. It's got like a couple of teenage, a couple of younger characters. Of course, Emily Dickinson, the younger version of her, played by Haley Steinfeld, is in this. Um, and puts like a that interesting sort of spin on it, um, which I thought was really, really great. I, I'm i still not quite sitting well with the series finale. So basically, you've got three seasons of Is it 10 episodes? I think it's 10 episodes each. So 30 episodes in total. Um, Sometimes that's all you need for a TV show. And I sort of got what they were going for with the series finale. But there's a couple of things where I'm like. Okay I still have maybe questions about that thing. Um, I'd still give this one of my must see type of ratings. I still think it's a phenomenal series. I just... Because this might be one of them things where you watch the series finale and then you say, oh, I got everything that they were going for and you maybe understand it better than I did. I still think it's a very good series finale. I just had, like, maybe one or two questions, but um, I kind of got what they were going for. But somebody might understand what they're going for more than what I did. So there you go. Uh, but, yeah, I'll give that one of my must-see ratings. Um, I thought that was really, really good. and A really good end to... Uh, The Dickinson TV show. Uh, Next up is. I've got two Ryan Reynolds things here. I did try to pair these in in particular sort of ways. Um, Free Guy and Red Notice. Free Guy is Jodie Comer. And uh, Ryan Reynolds basically. Ryan Reynolds is playing as an NPC type of character. In this like video game film. And uh, I really struggled with the first like 15-20 minutes. And then once it sort of kicked on with it's idea. Because this film's about. Two and a bit hours, I think. Once it kicked on with its idea, I was like, oh, okay, I see what you're doing. This is really, really fun. And then it just got even more fun and even more fun. And I tell you what, having seen Deadpool 1 and 2, Free Guy, Red Notice, and what else has Ryan Reynolds been in? He's been in a bunch of stuff. I am a big fan of Ryan Reynolds. I really, really like his comedy, and I can't wait to see what he does next. Of course, at some point, Deadpool three will happen. Um, no, I don't like him quite as much in Deadpool as I do in these two. Actually, um, I think he's very. I think he's like perfect as Deadpool and everything. I just kind of enjoyed his performances more in these two films. Um, but yes, and, uh, basically Jodie Comer is playing as one of the, I don't think this is a spoiler really, she's playing as one of the, um, like developers on this game, but her character is in the game as well, sort of like one of them, you know, she has her character in the game so she can kind of test things and notice things, um, and it it goes from there basically, but I had a ton of fun with it, as somebody who's a big, you know, big gamer and everything, there were so many little things I noticed of like, oh, that's a really cool touch. That's a really cool touch. And Ryan Reynolds', like, Ryan Reynolds like, comedic performance towards it was amazing. I uh, really, really liked Jodie Comer's performance in this as well. And uh, I thought that was great. I, I had a really, really good time with that film. Uh, another one I saw from Ryan Reynolds, um, again, I'd probably give that. I'm going to hand out a few must-sees here. And then I'm going to not hand out some must-sees to, uh, to other things. Um, so Free Guy and Red Notice I both give must-sees to those are more sort of like this isn't like a serious neither of those two films are like serious think pieces as opposed to what like Shrink Next Door and Dickinson are Dickinson can be a bit more sort of fun and stuff but Shrink Next Door is like a think piece kind of thing Uh, Dickinson has like some serious things going on but also some. it's more like a dramedy kind of thing maybe Uh, but Free Guy and Red Notice is just sort of Sit back, let Ryan Reynolds make you laugh, and in Red Notice, you can let um, Dwayne the Rock Johnson and Gal Gadot to get you to laugh as well. Um, Jodie Comer is funny in uh, Free Guy as well, but most of most of the comedy side of that film is uh, done through. Um, he's actually called Guy in the film. is um, <laughs> uh, done through uh, his character played by Ryan Reynolds. So uh, both of those are sort of like must sees, I would say, but um, more, more sort of on just have fun with this this is just really really fun so yes red notice uh which did really really well on netflix um i watched that on i watched that on christmas day i think yeah or was it free guy i watched on um no i watched free guy on boxing day and then watched red notice on christmas day anyway um yeah so it's gal gadot uh Dwayne johnson and ryan reynolds very very good trio of uh, of actors there um and that's a ton of fun, it's basically this kind of, um, treasure hunt kind of thing, with, like, a few cop twists and things in there, uh, it's really, really good, it's a lot of fun, some really, really good chemistry between the three of them, I've become, like, the, the more and more I've seen those three, so Gal Gadot, Dwayne Johnson, and, um, ryan reynolds the more and more i've i've liked them i used to have this well not really problem i used to have this thing with Dwayne johnson where i really liked him as a person thought he was really cool really good actor but i wasn't into a lot of the films that he was in because they were these big like disaster films you had like skyscraper you had like san andreas and like fast and furious and stuff that i don't care about anymore so it was this weird thing where i liked his performance in different things but i didn't like any of the films that he was really in I mean I used to watch some of the Fast and Furious films but I dropped off after after Paul Walker uh, passed away unfortunately. Um but yeah now that he's been in like red notice and stuff um that he was uh, really really good in that. So you've got um you've got a DC actress a former DC actor cuz Let's not. Let's try not to forget Green Lantern too much. I don't think Green Lantern is as bad as what people make it out to be. To be honest, I had a relatively decent time with uh, with that Green Lantern film. But a lot of people try to <coughs> act like it didn't happen. But whatever, that's fine. Um, so yeah, Gal Gadot. She hasn't been in any Marvel stuff, has she? But she's obviously Wonder Woman. Dwayne Johnson. I don't think has been in any Marvel stuff. But he's going to be Black Adam soon. So I was kind of looking at these three in the film. And I was like, hey, you got a marvel actor because you've got deadpool <clears throat> marvel slash fox but that's the same thing now um got you've got wonder woman here you've got deadpool here and you've got black adam i thought that was uh pretty cool one of them hasn't made their appearance <clears throat> as that character yet one of them's played actually two of them have been in two solo films because you've got wonder woman one and then the second film i less said about that second film the better uh, and then you've got Deadpool 1 and 2, obviously, with those. Uh, and then you've got the Green Lantern film. So I thought that was cool, just to see them all kind of together um, <clears throat> in this film. So that was that was very, very good. Um, yep, yeah, so I had a really, really good time with them. I can't wait to see what the three of them do next. Um, probably going to be seeing Dwayne Johnson. Is Black Adam this year? Is that next year? Because you've got Batman, Flash. Yeah, Black Adam's this year, isn't it, I think? No, Aquaman's this year. And then Black Adam and Shazam and next year, which makes sense. So i it uh, looking look forward to seeing either of the three of them next in whatever they're going to do. Uh, let's move on to some TV shows. I've finished one of these. The other two I'm currently watching. Uh, one of which is Stargirl Season 2. And for a long time I had three episodes left of Stargirl to watch. And over the Christmas break, obviously I took some time. And I just sat down and finished the season... It was a good season of TV. Um, it's interesting we're in this in this DC era now, where the Arrowverse stuff has really fallen off. So like Legends has got kind of silly and whatever. Batwoman's really bad. The Flash has had like a big fall off in quality. Black Lightning's finished anyway. Supergirl had really big fall off in quality. Um, I've only got the series finale of Supergirl to watch, but I want to save that episode actually because I want to do a podcast. Uh, Once i finish that last episode of Supergirl. But I've got it sort of saved or whatever. So I'll get to that eventually. But that had a big fall off in quality. Flash did. Batwoman did. Legends did. And you've got these... I mean, Naomi hasn't actually started yet. I don't know if I'm going to watch Naomi or not. Um, I think that starts this week in the US. Um, But you've got this weird situation where you've got like those five shows or however many that is. Some of those are finished. Where they've had like a really big dip in quality... Then you've got, like, Stargirl Season 2, which is better than those shows, but not, like, incredible. I I did think the first season was better of Stargirl than the second season, to be honest. And then you've got Superman and Lois, which is just way out in front of the other Arrowverse stuff. I mean, the the newer Arrowverse stuff. You've still got things like, you know, the old seasons of Arrow and Flash, which are really great. And, like, maybe the first season of Supergirl, which was uh, uh, quite good, from what I remember, anyway. Um... So it's sort of like you've got this bunch of DC shows. I I dumped Titans into like the bad bunch as well. Uh, Doom Patrol I never quite clicked with. But you've got those that you could sort of shove into like this sort of bad bunch of DC shows. Then you've got Stargirl on its own that's like quite good. Not amazing, but quite good. And then Superman and Lois, which is just way out in front of everything else. Um, but Stargirl, yeah, I thought the second season was good. I wanted to finish it off. I was catching up with um, the Armageddon uh flash crossover episodes which me and robert will be covering soon i think it's this week or next week um we'll also, we'll also be doing the uh, superman and lois season 2 <coughs> uh premiere episodes uh, premiere episode this week um but uh yeah interesting stuff with with what's going on there uh good setup for season 3 um but just just a bit of a fall off in quality from from season 2 i don't think season 2 is terrible i just just thought it was just good just, just a, a good season um, I'd say that's like a don't skip type of show um, like don't feel like you need to rush out to watch it but put it on your list put it somewhere on your list but get to it at some point I would I would say for that um, right next up we got Emily in Paris season 2 um, which just t- today actually because um, I'm recording this quite late at night but I'll be publishing it tomorrow on Tuesday uh Emily in Paris, which just got renewed for season three and four. Um I liked the first season. I didn't love it. I didn't think it was like incredible television. I don't. I thought it was kinda of, like different and fun. Uh I know the show's got some like complaints about it and stuff, which fair enough. Um, this second season introduces relationship drama and it has kind of derailed the show. But now, because I sort of thought like, okay, I'm going to finish this second season. I might like background watch it or something like that. But I, I, I do want to see where the story kind of goes. Um, And now that it's gotten renewed for a third and fourth season. And I know that it's got a couple of more years at least on Netflix. That's kind of pushed me to go back to it. I don't know when that will happen. But I'm going to do that at some point. Um, But, yeah... I mean maybe the relationship drama thing won't last too many episodes. I mean it's like 10 episode season. And the episodes are about half an hour. Um, But again just like with Stargirl. A little bit of a drop off with season 2 in in, in the quality. And it's just a question for me. of like, Now that you've done these couple of episodes on the relationship drama stuff. When are you going to move away from that or make it better? And I don't know. So um we'll see we'll see what happens with that but it is kind of I find it funny at certain points the show I find it's oddly one of the, one of the very rare anomaly shows where I sort of I'm trying to speak about reasons why I'm enjoying this show and I I, I don't know <laughs> like, um it's fun at certain points it's funny at certain points it's also bad in other spots, um. But it's it's all one of them shows where it could have three like decent episodes, and then have two episodes where I'm like, oh, that was a bit rough, and then like three good ones. So I, I guess it's just inconsistent. That's the word I'm looking for. But uh, and some people have moaned about like, oh, the show's got like loads of stereotypes with characters and stuff. I haven't really caught on to that, maybe. And but granted, I haven't been paying like full full attention, so maybe I've just missed certain things. Um, but some people have kind of complained about like the shows le- lent into stereotypes and it's like offensive and stuff. But I don't know. I just haven't really caught on to what that is. If somebody can tell me a bit more specifics with that, then. I'll keep an eye out for that in the future episodes, but I don't know. Anyway, that's Emily in Paris Season 2, so there you go. Um, Alright, anyway, let's move on to... I've got a few more things left to talk about. Let's take a quick break, actually. Let's get into some housekeeping, and then I'll uh, I'll see see you all in a minute. Hi there, and thanks very much for listening. Today I'm here to tell you about our two different affiliate links, the first of which Alright, so recently on Entertainment Talk, I'm not going to cover, like, every bit of content that's come out over the Christmas period. Um, The two notable series that we're doing at the moment, though, is the Month of Positive Creators, which I'll mention the two episodes so far in a minute, and the Classic Reviews episodes as well. So those are going out weekly on Wednesdays, um, so feel free to check those out, but there's been a a few episodes of those so far. There's been four episodes of Classic Reviews so far for Season 5, and two episodes so far for a... um, Month of positive creators, so look out for that. But uh, released uh, yesterday an episode or day before, depending on when you listen to this, uh, which 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 was a uh, World of the Last of Us episode, which was talking about Joel character spotlight, pretty big character, one of the main characters in the series, uh, talking about one of Joel's choices. And also looking at a character spotlight episode for him as well. You will need to have played The Last of Us 1 and 2 to be able to listen to that. Because I'm going to get into the events that happened with Joel. So obviously that leans into spoilers in terms of what happens in his story. Uh did a chat podcast episode. Now I just want to say with this particular episode. If you only follow us for like the monthly chat podcast episodes. for a little, So a little bit of chatter and sort of... Um, you know, to find out how Entertainment Talk's doing. And if you only follow us for, like, that and our Entertainment Talk coverage, or, sorry, our our Entertainment coverage, this particular episode, it's called uh, Discussing America's Freedom of Speech. So I took a bonus episode of the chat podcast. It's not connected to anything else. Um, it's just talking about that. So if you, if you want to skip that, if you don't want to hear me talking about like more political kind of stuff, you can skip the episode if you want to. Some of you may have already skipped it already, but I just want to, I just want to be clear about what that is in terms of what we cover normally on entertainment Talk. but I just wanted to discuss some things regarding America's freedom of speech. Um, so I thought I'd take an opportunity to do that, but if you want to just follow us for our normal entertainment coverage and the chat podcast episodes, Then you can uh, make your choice as to what you want to listen to with those. Um, Back to the actual entertainment coverage. Uh, Season 5, Episode 4 for Classic Reviews was covering Night of the Living Dead, the 1968 uh, film from George A. Romero really really enjoyed that i have so much respect for that film and what it did for the zombie genre because it's kind of responsible for a lot of the zombie content that i enjoy at the moment so uh massive massive respects to that film i thoroughly enjoyed that uh, month of positive creators uh, the second episode is for sarah lavender this is of course the asmr special um that's what i'm going for this year um which is talking about some of the ASMR creators that I follow. All very positive creators, very creative people as well. Um, there is five people that I'm talking about this year. So of course, all of it is going to still be in January. But we basically kicked off with a double episode. So episode two was talking about Sarah Lavender, and with the first episode was talking about GB, who's also another ASMR artist creator on YouTube. Who did actually send me a very nice message about the podcast that I did. So thank you to her for applying to that and her um her. Positive interactions with that. So, those are the first two episodes. That's for GB and for Sarah Lavender to cover um, their um, ASMR journeys what they do and all that kind of thing so talking about those people um if you want a bit more information as to what i'm doing with the episodes this season there's a month of positive creators 2022 asmr special that's basically the launch episode that discusses what i'm doing with the series this month or this this year basically so you can listen to that um over on the other side of dc and marvel stuff i did two lists one was for top five best um marvel and dc films and one was for top five worst DC and Marvel films, so just doing uh, opposite lists for those, but basically just focusing on Marvel and DC films. So not DC EU and MCU films, but Marvel and DC films. So films that happened before the DC EU and MCU was created. So talking about those. Speaking of Batman films or DC films before that, season five, but season five episode three for classic reviews is covering the 1989 um michael keaton batman film so that was uh, great to do an episode four as well uh did an episode called deciding the best and worst of 2021 that is the second part actually of the best and worst of 2021 episodes so that's the process of me deciding what was going to go where in the lists and that kind of thing for tv games and films um and then of course we did the main podcast which was the best and worst of 2021 which was where me gray and david all go through our lists of what we've um uh, chosen for best and worst for tv games and films for 2021 so that's that episode as well that's what we've been doing pretty much recently on EntertainmentTalk.org. you can also find us as well on your favorite podcast platform where was i emily in paris season two uh we've talked about that another series i'm watching i'm about halfway through this season i'm really enjoying this season actually it's wentworth prison season nine i don't remember if i've talked about wentworth prison before on a podcast but i am up to date this is the last season Uh, This is from Foxtel In Canada I think and it was aired On I think it was Channel 5 I recorded the episodes Um so I'm catching up With those uh Which is for the final season so it aired on uh, Channel 5 so actually a piece of channel 5 Content that I'm, uh, I'm watching which Is very unusual but um It's great this season it's really Great this season and I tell you what a lot Of characters are out for each other And you just never know if somebody's going to cut someone's throat or strangle somebody or... Yeah, it's quite intense this season. And it's the thing of like, this is the last season. Basically anybody could die really. I can't think of too many plot reasons at the moment at least. I'm up to episode... I watched an episode earlier. It was episode 4 I think. Uh, For season 9 there's 10 episodes in this season. So I've still got a few left to go. So I'm about halfway through the season almost. Um, It's just really... One of the main reasons it's so intense is just because... There are characters already that are plotting to kill other characters. But then there are other characters involved. Who are kind of getting caught in the crosshairs and... It's very intense and like... There's a lot. Of, there's been a lot of scenes in Wentworth's history, Wentworth Prison's history, where because I mean, this is one of the shows like flaws, arguably, or not even really flaws, but um, they have like these two different cell blocks, and you've got like two sets of characters who are like against each other or, or whatever it is that's going on. But any, it it has always seemed like any. Any of the um, prisoners can get into any of the other prisoner cells at any point, and it that's a really really dangerous thing because, I mean, obviously these these prisoners find their ways to worm like shears and towels to strangle people with, and even just like little razor blades and stuff like that, or just just like something to attack somebody with, um, and i mean i don't know how a prisoner would sleep knowing that i mean i don't i don't know how this works in all prisons around the world i'm not really familiar with like fully how prisons work and of course i've never been in one myself and i hope that i i don't end up in one and uh, of course that's kind of up to me but um of like if you're if you're asleep at night right in a in a prison um, and you're trying to get to sleep, which would probably already be difficult because you're probably hearing like other people crying about like the crimes they've committed or, or or something else. And you think like, okay, if I fall asleep, somebody could come into my cell in the middle of the night and stab you, cut your throat, strangle you, smack your head against the wall, um, suffocate you with your pillow, and it's like. How, <laughs> like, frightening that must be. And, like, granted, you know, these people are, are, have done something wrong in their lives to be in the situation. It's not like these people are innocent. Like, none of these people are really innocent. Um, but the, what a terrifying idea. Because to me, how that should work, and again, I don't know how, like, different prisons work. And I don't know if it's just part of the show's idea of, like... Threatening the characters that any character could go into somebody's prison cell in the middle of the night and kill somebody else. How it p- should work really is at night when it's like hey it's um, lock up time or whatever coming, what they call it. But like hey you all need to go to, to bed now kind of thing. Close all these prisoners doors, lock them and the only people that should be able to get in is the guards. Like give them specific keys which, like some at some point at some point some of the guards can't get in because they have actually locked the rooms, but then they don't lock them at night because characters get into each other's cells and kill each other. Um, that's how it should work because then then if you I mean granted granted you could have like a dodgy, um, uh, prison officer that's like you know been tipped off to kill somebody in the middle of the night or something, but if you're in if you're one of those characters in a prison cell and you're thinking okay this person's got of something against me because of something that happened and when you like close that prison door and you hear it click closed or whatever you go to lay in your bed and you know okay that person can't get into my cell at night and the only pe- only people that can is the prison guards wouldn't that be better but then that has happened at some points where like the prisoner cells will be locked i don't know it's 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 a it's a, it's a funny kind of thing um because i don't know if that's just a thing with the show or if that's how prison cells work i i really i, I couldn't tell you um but regardless of all that I, I, I just had questions about like how that functionally sort of works it's a very very good season of tv it really really is and uh yeah, you've got certain returning characters that are stirring things up and it's just really intense because this this season more so than any of the others, a lot of the characters are out to get other people and some of them are doing it for reasons that they've, like, they've been lied to about certain things. So it's like, oh no, no, you shouldn't go and attack that character because they didn't actually do anything wrong but then that character doesn't know and they've been lied to and you know cuz of manipulation and all this kind of stuff so it'd be very interesting to see how this wraps up like with the prison show cuz obviously I've seen all of prison break I've seen all of orange is new black um so it'd be interesting to see how this one wraps up I'm very much enjoying it and uh, I've been watching that quite regularly so uh, I I definitely give Wentworth a must see and Wentworth is one of the few shows that um after it's like I think it's after season 3 or season 4 basically the show has a big change in in it I can't really talk about what it is because it's a big spoiler but there's a really big change in the show at a certain point but the show managed to just keep going um after that particular big change and it's done really really well since then I mean there hasn't been many of the seasons of the show that I thought like oh this is really bad in fact the previous season which was the eighth one was probably the season's uh, the show's best season, and this season's just building upon what that season built on. So I'm really, really enjoying it. It's really, really good. So that's Wentworth Prison. Let's uh, so move on to uh, the kitchen with Elizabeth Moss and a bunch of other people as well. Um, wasn't great. Wasn't great. I'd give this. I mean, this is based off a DC Vertigo comic, which I I didn't even know until I pressed play, and like the DC label thing came up, and I was like. Oh, okay. I had no idea. But then you've got things like Zombie, which is a DC Vertigo comic. And you've got, like, other ones as well. I think, um, correct me if I'm wrong, I think Sweet Tooth is it. Is that a DC Vertigo comic? Because you've also got ones like um, the upcoming Sandman show. Um, I think that's another DC. I think that's a DC comic. I can't remember if it's a Vertigo one or not. But, um, yeah, you've got some of those shows that are out there. Um, yeah, just... Uh, uh, again, a bit like what I said with Ghostbusters, a bit of like wasting talent. Um, there were some very good performances in there. It's just the film's like a two hours something, and it just it just fell flat. Really, I mean you got some decent dialogue, some very good performances. Like, this film really leans on its performances from the likes of Elizabeth Moss. Who I really like as an actress, like in Handmaid's Tale and that kind of thing. But it just fell flat. Um, I didn't hate it. I didn't think it was horrible. It just sort of... I watched it and went, oh, okay. Like, I'll probably forget that. I mean, I remembered to put it in this list. But, um... Yeah, that's for anybody that does want to watch it. That's on Amazon Prime. Uh, in the UK, um, you don't need to like rent it. It's, it's available with Prime to to be able to watch it. So that's that's good. Um, but yeah, I'd probably give that one of my like. Yeah, you, you could probably skip it. You could probably just skip it, and, and, unless you're like you read the comics or something like that. Maybe possible skip, but from my viewpoint, I'd say that's like a skip rating. Uh, next film I watched is called Gunpowder Milkshake. Um, this is a one-hour fifty-something-minute film, and I got twenty minutes in and I switched it off. I rented it for two pound fifty on the Microsoft Store, um, but that wasn't enough to keep me watching this film. This is another example of wasted talent. This film's got people like Lena Headey, of course, from Game of Thrones, it's got Karen Gillan, who's been in like Doctor Who and Guardians of the Galaxy. It's got people like Angela Bassett, who's been in a number of great things. She's been in the 911 uh, show. She's been in American Horror Story. And it's got some other people in there that are quite good. Um, this is an example of putting really good actors into your series and giving them really, really flat dialogue. And because you could have basically had. You, you, you may as well have had gillian anderson voice gillian anderson uh, karen gillen i don't know how i got those two mixed up um gillian anderson where did that come from karen gillen you may as well have just had her voicing a robot because this not, it's not because of the performance of karen it's because what her character is given to do and the attitude of her character really really robotic um but i could kind of tell that this isn't this isn't a robotic performance because of karen's performance it's because of like the character's attitude and the dialogue that's given to her i got 20 minutes in and i was just like i don't care about anything that's happening this dialogue is really bad and i want to stick around for these actresses because i really like a lot of them well like all of them really but I just couldn't... I just didn't care anymore. Got 20 minutes in... And I thought I'm not going to sit here for another hour and a half and watch this thing. So I just... I switched it straight off. And I went and did something else. So that I would definitely give a skip rating to. Mainly because I skipped most of it myself. But um, that was uh, that was pretty bad. Um, wanted to put this in here as like a teaser kind of thing. I did see Don't Look Up. I um, did very, very much enjoy it. But that needs a full review... Um, I mean, some of these here I could probably give full reviews to. I just wanted to kind of lump them all together because I didn't want to do like ten podcasts on all these different things. So I just wanted to kind of put them all into one bigger kind of thing. But don't look up. That needs some dissection and discussion. Uh, I'll try and review that tomorrow because um, I'm not going to be I'm not going to be recording that tonight. But I'll try and record that episode tomorrow. But that needs like a full digestion sort of breakdown thing but I thought that was really, really good. I really enjoyed her, don't look up. So there's that. And the last one I've got written down here is uh, The Maid on Netflix, um, which is quite a powerful, quite an impactful series. This is basically the story of a working mother. Um, she is a cleaner and she's got a young daughter with this husband. Um the husband is an abusive like alcoholic basically and um at some point, I think this is, I don't think this is a spoiler, it's part of the plot I think. At some point she decides that she's had enough. And she leaves in the middle of the night with her daughter. In in like a safe manner because she gets in the car and like drives off and stuff. And she's not like half asleep or whatever. Um, she takes off with her daughter in the middle of the night. She's had enough of her abusive husband or partner. Um, and she wants to just get away. Uh, Really powerful series, really impactful series Kind of opened my eyes up again To some of these kinds of issues Netflix has been doing a very good job With these actually There's three examples I want to bring up One of which is 2019's Unbelievable, which is the best show on Netflix Uh, That's got um, Merrick Weaver And I can't remember the other woman's name Uh, It's got Caitlin Dever in it as well And Tony Colletti That's That's the three names, yeah uh, those are the main three um, actors in that series. Uh, that uh, unbelievable series takes a look at um, a sexual assault case. I did review that way back in 2019, and I gave it a lot of praise. You can check that out if you'd like to. Uh, that's on Netflix. The other one, which was called Stateless, that had Yvonne Strahovski and a bunch of other really cool people. Uh, that's taking a look at the immigration um section and like more of the humanity focus on that and it takes a look at some of the guards as well and uh, dissects like what's going on with them that's a really impactful series that's that's another limited series on netflix and this newest newest one called uh, the maid which is also on netflix so basically what i'm trying to say is netflix has done a really good job with sort of taking one of these hard-hitting sort of subjects so you've got like sexual assault you've got um immigration kind of um life and then you've got um like domestic abuse with uh with with this series um and they they, all three shows are really emotional i still think unbelievable is the best out of those three because again i think it's the best show on netflix all three of them are tv shows uh all limited series i'd recommend all three of them um of course like watch them at your own pace they're very sort of like hard-hitting impactful so they're not sort of like fun binge watches uh that kind of thing so uh that was a really great series as well i i thoroughly enjoyed that one um good ending to it as well i i really enjoyed what they did there and that's another really uh impactful series from netflix they tend to do sort of like roughly one a year for that because yeah tw- 2019 20 and 2021 um because 2019 was unbelievable 2020 was stateless i think that was 2020 and then 2021 was um uh the maid so it'd be interesting to see if they do like a similar type of series this year to to those kind of things um they're all like i th- I, th- I think all these shows are completely unrelated to each other i don't think they've got any of like the same creators or anything i could be wrong about that but they've all got different casts and stuff um so uh those are three that i would uh recommend checking out and that's yeah that's i i did a lot more watching than i did of gaming over the uh christmas period I, i'm currently playing the uh dc superhero uh girls game which i'm going to be talking about very very soon as well um but yeah, lots of, some very good stuff in there. You've got Ghostbusters, you've got Shrink Next Door, Dickinson Season 3, Free Guy, Red Notice, Girl Season 2, Emily in Paris Season 2, which I'm about halfway through. Wentworth Prison Season 9, which I'm about halfway through. Uh, the Kitchen, which I watched. Gunpowder Milkshake, which I didn't finish. Don't Look Up, which I really enjoyed. And The Maid, which I really enjoyed as well. So a good mix of things in there as well. Uh, by the way, just in case it wasn't obvious, I, I would give uh, The Maid one of my uh, must-see ratings as well. So, uh, you can check that out if you'd like to. Um, yeah, that's me. That's, I just wanted to sort of put all these into one big episode and just, just talk about them. Just talk about them, what they're, what was good about them, what was bad about them, those sort of things as well. So, um yeah there you go uh anyway what did you watch over the christmas break or what did you play let me know um have you seen any of these things uh do you agree or disagree i know a lot of people really enjoyed ghostbusters i didn't unfortunately uh so if you want to tell me that you enjoyed that or you didn't like it whatever uh let me know of course you can let me know your thoughts feelings questions comments whatever you've got to say about any of these things that you've seen or haven't seen uh, let me know if you're gonna watch one of these shows, if I've recommended them to you or not. By the way, for Wentworth, this is one thing I haven't mentioned. If you've not started Wentworth Prison yet, uh seasons one to eight are on Amazon Prime. Those are included, I believe they're included, yes, with Prime Video, so you can check those out. In that's in the UK. I don't know about other countries, but um yeah, that's how you can start Wentworth uh, Prison if you've not seen that. Um if you missed season nine Uh, Because all of it has gone out on Channel 5. If you missed all of that, I suspect that Season 9 at some point is probably going to be added to uh, Amazon Prime. That would make sense. I don't know when that's going to be, but... um that'll be added to that at some point but again uh, if you want to let me know your thoughts fill questions comments uh matthew at entertainment talk.org twitter e talk uk there's a contact page and information in your show notes so let me know what you thought of uh, any of these if you've seen them if you've not seen them what do you think of them a whole bunch of different things in here as well uh, so let me know what you think of all those as well um you can also if you're listening Uh, uh, To this on the uh, website version of this episode You can scroll down a little bit You'll see the big email box You can put your email and your message in there That'll get sent to me as well Uh, You can also scroll down as well You'll see the um, email name which is clickable You can use that if you want to as well To send in a message that you've got Um, Alright I need to go to bed That's it I'm going to be posting this tomorrow And then hopefully recording my review for Don't Look Up So look out for that as well Tomorrow, um, if you want to find out all the rest of the content that we're doing, so like um, classic reviews, uh, other TV, film, games, main night reviews, um, you can check those out on entertainmenttalk.org. Uh, if you want a, um, I did put out a tweet with a picture of like some notes that I put out for upcoming content, just from news for, for upcoming content. Um, you can find that tweeted out on Twitter, etalkuk, uh, you can find that over there as well. Um, if you want to support entertainment talk on the podcast you can either listen to more episodes that we've done you can either find us on uh, entertainmenttalk.org or your favourite podcast platform just search for us entertainment talk on there um, you can um, also use word of mouth and social media um, let other people know about what we're doing and where they can find it so either just tell other people about what we're doing or share the episodes around on social media that's up to you uh, you can also support us on Patreon, the $1 $3 level tiers, add free podcast review options. Take a look at that as well if you'd like to. Uh, Geek Town Radio is coming back this week as well if you want to get your latest TV and film news, renewals, cancellations, all those kind of things, and the Geek Town Awards as well. Uh, GeekTown.credit.uk and GeekTown Radio. Uh, you can find Geek Town Radio on Tuesdays, those are of course hosted by David, run by David over there, uh, Bex is still streaming I believe very regularly over on Twitch, Trista Bytes, Trista B-Y-T-E-S, go and give her a follow over there for all of her stuff, you can also follow me on Twitch as well, eTalk UK for all my different gaming streams, the Pez Coach Mode is going to be coming back soon and uh, other games streaming soon as well, so eTalk UK for Twitch on there, if you miss any of those, um, if you missed any of those streams, all of them are available archived on YouTube, entertainment talk plays for all of that thanks very much for listening and i'll catch you next time goodbye